0: Pop the Question, a podcast that exists at the intersection of pop culture and academia. We sit down and talk about our favorite stuff through the lenses of what we do and who we are. From Pannoni Honors College at Drexel University, Dr. Melinda Lewis here. I'm your host.
1: I'm here with Elena and Jake, and today we're going to talk about poop. Uh, They are Drexel students. Uh, Elena, Jake, can you tell us a little bit about yourselves as
2: people and as poop spurts? Jake and I, I guess, are here because we really like talking about poop. We're just those friends who are always talking about poop with with their friends, whether they like it or not, whether they asked for it or not. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, can
3: you, Daddy, can you hear me? I just think we should all be able to talk about poop more. Don't touch it. Definitely, you know, have done my share of pooping from the classroom to the woods. Just an important part of my life.
1: Elena, you were the one who really broke the ground for this conversation. Can you explain, like, your starting point for Poop the Question?
2: My freshman year, I started, like, keeping tabs on the bathrooms and I started making a mental list, and I always said that I would make, like, a spreadsheet and and rate the bathrooms at Drexel, um, and I haven't yet, but I feel like that's something I should do before I graduate. Like, I think that that's important to pass down to people. In the same way that, like, you know, like, a vegetarian who's going somewhere that might not have a lot of vegetarian food will give other vegetarians, like, their list of, like, okay, here's where you can find food that you can eat in a case where that would be a problem. Here's where you can go to the bathroom Based on specific criteria, I I would want that.
3: I mean, I definitely have like a list in my head of like where the best bathrooms are.
1: Like if I'm imagining the Excel spreadsheet, what are the categories that you put as like this qualifies as a solid bathroom
2: experience? I had in mind cleanliness, also like newness. Like
3: I appreciate a bathroom that feels newly renovated. (laughs) (laughs) Maine is old and it's like, it's clean enough. But, like, the most important part about the main bathroom is it has a view, okay? So if you are done washing your hands, you're just, like, in between classes, you're, you're having your day, you can just kind of, like, go out on the little fire balcony that's out there. Like, I really appreciate that, that you can just, like, look at over campus, like, chilling there, nice breeze, first bathroom I ever have with a balcony.
1: <laughs> so, aesthetic, points of reflect, a place where you feel like you can reflect yeah. on what has happened here today, what has transpired, mm-hmm. and maybe looking on toward the future.
3: Mm-hmm.
1: Is there anything else?
2: Emptiness. Emptiness. huge. Emptiness.
3: Yeah. Like, how many people are in there at once, and also, like, how, like, the flow of traffic. I feel like when people come in and come out a lot, it's, like, stressful like if there's gonna be people in there like just chill but like when the door is open and then closing and there's flushing everywhere and there's like people talking in between classes like i like a nice bathroom where people understand like this is a place to shut up and do your thing (laughs) hey that that sounds pretty nasty how about a courtesy flush over there
1: is about poop schedules do you have to schedule your life around your poop schedule my
3: poop kind of schedules me and i don't like it but i feel like i'm just kind of like at the at the whim of my poop i i can't really set a schedule because it's just random
2: elena my poop also schedules me for the most (laughs) part like i have a i have a general idea of when i will need to go but for the most part i i think that it just it happens when it happens and I think when you have less poop shame, I guess it matters less, so then you, you're not really scheduling your life around it in the same way, or you're not thinking about it in the same way. Um, like, I know people who, like, can't leave the house until they go because they don't want to go anywhere else. Which goes back to that New York Times article that you sent a long time ago <laughs> about how there's, there's totally gender differences in, in poop shame. Yeah.
1: I think shame is a really important part of this conversation because at one point there's no shame and then at some point we like gain shame.
3: Yeah I feel like for me it was in my teens. Like since I've been to college my poop shame has really dropped off but like in high school it was very much like can I go in this bathroom like is there anybody here like I would walk in pretend to wash my hands and leave like if somebody was in a bathroom and I was just like not in the mood to poop in that bathroom or somebody else in there. Chris are you still there? I can't take it anymore. Your poop chain has has progressed over the years. Yes, totally. I have had an evolution in my poop chain.
2: Mine is about the same. Like I think mine at least at least high school I I know that it existed. And then I think in college it started to just be like, Okay, you know what? Like (laughs) I can't think about this. Mm -hmm. I go in public restrooms all the time now because I'm in classes and in academic buildings all the time and I live in a dorm and that's kind of public too. So you know, there's no way to Think about this shame all the time without feeling fatigued. So it's time to move on.
3: Yeah, I think it really depends on your environment too. Like as far as classes go, I don't have like uh, as much of a guard up around my classmates, I guess. Like I don't, their opinion matters less because they're not employing me. But like if I am like a co-op at somebody's company and I'm just ripping one in the stall next to the CEO or something, like that's, that's more concerning to me, you know? So... <laughs>
1: I, there are so many things. Because you brought in cap, like essentially capitalism into the conversation in a way that I, was, I should have expected. Um, <laughs> who is enabling us to feel shame when poop shame hits, right? Because it's not like those who are maybe in our peers, but now it becomes the power, the power of defecation.
3: Are you being serious you don't uh, defecate at work?
0: No. That's
3: insane. That's crazy. How I, do you plan that out? My body follows a natural rhythm. It's almost circadian. I'm surprised that you are caught unaware so often. <laughs> do you defecate at work? Jordan, all people, have,
0: uh, eventually, first of all, I'm a celebrity and as they will tell you, we d- just don't defecate at all. No, no too. No. But you, as a person,
3: everyone does. How many times a week would you say you defecate at work? Well,
0: I think you're talking about a very, This is a disgusting topic. Well, I didn't initiate the topic. Would you evacuate your
2: bathroom? Well, when you say capitalism, I didn't know where you were going with that. So I I was thinking that you might go in the direction of, like, products, like poopery, for example. Mm. But, like, any, like, air freshener that's supposed to be in a bathroom that's meant to be to, like, mask the smell of your natural bowel movements.
3: Mm-hmm. Although sometimes it smells a bit unholy where you're like, is
2: that natural Yeah, no, it's not great, but like <laughs> just thinking about how that plays into Yeah, shame. we
3: all smell like that. It's just like we all want to pretend that you don't.
2: So how do you make the world believe your poop doesn't stink? Or in fact that you never poop at all. Poopery. Poopery is the before you go toilet spray that is proven to trap those embarrassing odors at the source and save relationships. Yeah.
1: Well, and the pretense and 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 those products being built upon shame, right? Of like mm-hmm. we all know that you are ashamed and you definitely should be. Mm-hmm. But no there's like all these industries built upon kind of freshening stuff that is like inherently unfresh. Mm-hmm. Like you are beautifying poop. That's like a weird industry to like be in. No, if so
2: eh just cleaner but Shining and ultra strong oh yeah ultra strong gives me the cleaner than average hiney it's super shiny my hiney so sharp and shiny my hiney so sharp and shiny my hiney so sharp and shiny
1: my do you have a toilet paper preference
2: I feel like if you don't have a toilet paper preference, I don't trust you, or you need to, like, really do some reflection and then come back and talk about it, because by a certain point in your life, I feel you should have one. I don't want, like, Scott. Like, one-ply is not my thing. I want, like, two-ply coarse toilet paper. I can't believe this. What a
1: dope. Uh,
2: excuse me. I'm, I'm sorry. This is, a. Uh...
0: This is kind of embarrassing, but there's no toilet paper over here. Are you talking to
1: me? Yeah, I I just forgot to check. So if you could spare some. No, I'm sorry. Three squares? You can't spare three squares? No, I don't have a square to spare. I can't spare a square. (laughs) Well, is it two ply? Because if it's two ply, I'll take one ply.
2: One ply.
1: One puny little ply, I'll take one measly ply. Look, I don't have a square.
3: I feel like my favorite toilet paper is whatever is the cheapest, because in my head, all toilet paper is exactly the same. It just depends on how many times you fold it. It's like, oh, no, you only have one ply? Fold it. You have two ply. I don't know why this is such an issue. Yeah,
2: I think, I think we just take what we can get at this point in our lives. But maybe maybe when we move on to the next stage where we can actually like have preferences with toilet paper, we I would. I think I would at some point in my life. I don't think I'm there yet, though. By the near to ear, the CP's magnifique. Charm ultra soft, so cozy. I'm grinning cheek to cheek. Hey, it's your mom. I have a question about that podcast you do. Are you on the Instagram or the Twitter or the Facebook? You know, like, if I have an idea for a podcast, how do I get in touch with you? Love you. Bye.
1: Sup, mom? Uh, Yeah
0: so you can find us on all those things actually Twitter, Instagram, Facebook just go to Pop Quest Pod on any one of those and follow if you want to send us ideas you can either go over to our website and leave us a message at Pop Q Podcast, or you can get us directly at PopQ at Drexel.edu you can actually find us on iTunes Spotify, Stitcher um, I can help set it up when I get home but then you have to promise me to rate and review alright love you, bye
1: in the bathroom speaking of toilet paper you're putting the roll on the thing is the toilet paper over or under 100 over
3: yeah if you put it under like you don't understand ergonomics of your own body like i I have a very strong opinion on that one it just doesn't make any sense to to go under it's just uncomfortable unless your toilet paper roll is like above your head height when you're sitting down there's no reason
1: yeah i've never really understood the argument for under
2: uh it's for me over all the way. Another thing that I wanted to ask you about, Melinda, is whether you roll, bunch, or fold your toilet paper, because that's a very important thing that I need to know.
1: I'm kind of by any means necessary. Mm-hmm. So like, I'm willing to try a variety of methods. I don't necessarily feel like I have a go-to.
2: I do, I do a fold and a, and a bit of a bunch, but mostly a fold.
3: I'm a strict folder. I, I really, I'm a big fan of the, the fold. I, got, I at most, I'll take like four squares, You fold it in half, do your thing, and then you can just keep folding it in different ways and it's just so efficient. I feel like the, I don't know, the roll just feels very inefficient to me. You're not using all the surface area very effectively.
2: It depends on the ply of the toilet paper too. I feel like that's something important to consider
3: here. Oh, this is soft. This is so, so soft.
1: Hey Han, remember you only need a few sheets. What are your thoughts on cell phones and pooping? or like anything like do you bring books in with you like people have some real strong feelings about like bringing artifacts somebody told me like my husband brings in a library book and i just like you can't do that
3: mm. <laughs> ooh do i don't know I- i'm fine if you bring your own personal things in the bathroom yeah uh, but like in general like my mom's definitely disgusted by the fact that I use my phone on the toilet, but like, I'm bored. Do you want me to go back to reading the shampoo bottle?
2: Sometimes I don't like to bring anything in with me and I want to just experience it and it just like like feel like very zen about what's happening and hope maybe that'll improve the experience. Imagine where you can go now.
1: talked a little bit about home we've talked a little bit about work but in terms of like public restrooms how do you kind of operate within that space like on the
2: street I think I I used to do the move that Jake said he did in high school where if someone was in the bathroom and I had to poop, I would either wait till they left or I would just pee and then move on with my life and hold it till later I think that since college, I've, I've adapted because public restrooms were ubiquitous. And I don't know if I've coined this term or not, but I started doing this thing that I started calling poop spiration, which is like the poop standoff that people have where like two people are in the bathroom and you know that the other person is totally waiting for you to either leave or start pooping. And you're usually in the poop standoff, like you're both waiting for the other person. I've, I've started practicing poop spiration where I don't wait for them. Like I just start. And I've noticed that like, if I just start, and I know that that person's waiting for me to, to go, they'll start going. And it's like this like camaraderie of like, okay, I wasn't gonna go, but now that you're going, I feel like I can, like, I feel brave enough to go because we're both doing what we do as humans. So, I mean, that's my biggest like public restroom mantra is like, poops fire people as much as you can. That's <laughs> yeah, you're walking
1: so others can run.
3: Yeah, I feel like my only things are, like, I've been to Europe once in my life. Um, you got to pay to use the bathrooms in Italy. Um, like, public bathrooms are paid-only things, and it just, like, it feels like a dystopian future. Um, I don't know if you're a musical person, but there's a musical called Town where, like, the whole song called The privilege to Pee, and, they, like, there's, like, the urine police that go around, and, like, if you're... Peeing in a bathroom you didn't pay for, or if you're peeing on the streets like they send you to urine town.
0: I run the only toilet in this part of town, you see.
1: So if you gotta go, you gotta go through me. Yeah, I think the policing is is a really interesting thing because I don't know how you police like bodily functions in that way I mean that just also like points to a lot of other issues regarding like those who are experiencing homelessness and like what are you then supposed to do w- with your body uh when those like support systems are not there when that infrastructure isn't there it's not even about shame it then becomes like a legal thing like even in
3: general we just deny the fact that people have like basic human functions like moving
1: Mm -hmm.
3: It's just a thing that you do, and for some reason, it's so taboo that it's illegal.
1: Okay, no, not the
2: bathroom. Everybody, go outside! I'm serious! There's a bathroom across the street!
3: No. (gasps) No, Megan. No! No! Look away! (laughs) Megan, no! Look away!
1: Oh! So there's this whole philosophical concept of abjection and this idea of like ridding the like bile in our bodies and the relief that comes from that. Right. And so to think about poop as like a shameful thing or as a bad thing, as opposed to like the relief of the pressure or the relief of like something that should no longer be inside out. But I don't know when that like twist ever happened or if it just was always like a shameful entity. Maybe
2: I'm saying I want a history of poop. And maybe that exists. We were watching Down to Earth with Zach Efron, where he does uh, sustainability tourism. Mm-hmm. But the one episode, they went to London. For a really, really long time, basically, as soon as it started becoming a city and becoming crowded, people would dump their poop out their window. Like, that's what, what is it called, the, the bucket? The chamber, the chamber pot. The chamber pot. Yeah, you use the chamber pot, and then you throw it out the window, and it just sits on the street, and then it ends up in the
3: river. We're in Europe, in a highly populated area that was once overcome by pollution. Our mission is to learn how the city overcame lethal levels of smog and deadly river waters.
2: It was cholera city, you know? So like, to talk about it as something that we see as so like taboo now, I I don't know. I wonder if maybe it started around the time that plumbing became more modernized and we started not having to see it anymore. Dude,
3: we're falling right out of the sky. We gotta drop the load.
2: I feel like, like, we need to work on destigmatizing it and understanding that it's normal to poop. And to talk about your poop is also pretty normal. Like, I feel like we should all take a note out of a book of doctors. When you go to the doctor and they ask you how your poop is, you just talk about it. Like, I wish parents talked more with their kids about poop and normalize those conversations.
3: Everybody does it, you know? Don't be too concerned about it. Those
2: are both beautiful messages. I mean,
1: but that's the thing is, like children have no shame because it's not stigmatized yet. So at some point it becomes stigmatized in some form or fashion, right? And, it, and I think to Elena's point about plumbing, like that we've ascribed like this is the appropriate time, this is the appropriate place. As opposed to listening to our body, we've created all of these conditions. I mean, by the time I'm 35, so like it's kind of too late for me. <laughs> never too late. It's never too late. You know what, I have learned a lot during this this conversation, so I'm going to be thinking a lot more about who I am as a person and about my bathroom practices. And I'll be thinking of this meeting, and I'll be thinking of you two.
2: It means a lot that we, you'll be thinking of us on the toilet. Like, <laughs> yeah. that's, that's huge. <laughs> important to me.
1: You know what, soon, I'm not going to bring in my phone. I'm just going <laughs> to sit and like really think about what we talked about today. <laughs> I really do hope that you create that list of poop places and I really do hope that you become the major poop advocates that we really need right now thank you for giving us a
0: poop
3: platform
0: yeah for sure pop the question was researched and hosted by Dr. Melinda Lewis our theme music and episodes are produced by Brian Cantorek with additional audio production by Noah Levine all of this was done under the directorship of Erica Levy-Zellinger the deanship of Dr. Paula Morans cohen and the Pannoni Honors College at Drexel University
2: I know it's important. I do. I honestly do. But we talking about practice, man. What are we talking about?